guys, and welcome to the Bodybuilding Dietitians podcast. Thank you for joining us for episode number 37 of our Road to 2023 series. And it's been a crazy few weeks for us uh, amidst the competitive season. And we're looking forward to updating everyone today on what we've been up to as of late. Yeah, because I believe the last time we recorded a podcast was the day that we flew back from the ICN Queensland Tropic show. Mm, yep. That was the last road to 2023. Yes, that's correct. And then the one after that was the podcast episode with Jason last week. But boy, these past three weeks have certainly flown just in the midst and the thick of the comp season here in Australia. But the weekend to back up after the Tropics show was the Queensland State Titles here in Brisbane. And we had four of our Team TBD members competing at that show. So on the Saturday, we had two figure competitors. We had Nikki Simpson, who competed in Miss Figure. And then we actually had Cassandra Quinn, who isn't originally from Queensland. But Cassandra, she's a first time competitor this season. And she's been competing in some New South Wales shows. But prior to this, there were a few smaller shows. Like she competed at the Coffs Harbor show and the Bulleye show. And for both of those shows, she was placing quite well. She was actually taking out the Miss overall figure in both of those shows. But because they were smaller shows, they were much smaller figure lineups, only a number of women. And that question kind of was playing on her mind. Like, mm, like, am I actually a good figure competitor? Or is it the case of just no one else better is showing up on the day? And this was a topic of conversation we were having in our check-ins and I was like well come up to Queensland and let's see because I I don't think anyone can argue with the fact that Queensland the shows up here they're highly competitive the productions are amazing the lineups are deep and there's just some really high quality caliber athletes at all of these shows so I encouraged her to fly up to Queensland to compete at the Queensland state titles and I was really proud of her because she got to demonstrate to herself that look, you actually are a pretty darn good figure competitor. And she took out the Miss Classic figure at that show. And then Nikki, massive congratulations to her. She backed it up from the Tropics show and she took out the Miss figure overall title, which was just really, really awesome. So a massive congratulations to both Nikki and Cassandra for somewhat being the dynamic figure duo or double trouble as I like to call them. And then the following day, we had Veronica and Mel, and they both competed in sports model and fitness. And a big congratulations to Veronica for, as well, backing it up from the Tropics show and coming and doing her sports model thing and just bouncing to it. And she took out the Miss Sports Model overall at the Queensland State Titles too. So yeah, big weekend for our team. So a massive congratulations to those girls. And then the following weekend, we had three shows going on. We had the New South Wales state titles, the Western Australia titles, and then also the Victorian titles. And for all of those, we had a number of competitors competing there. And big congratulations to Cassandra, who took out her fourth figure overall in a row at the New South Wales state titles. And then a big congratulations to Chantel, who's a first time bikini competitor. And she actually took out a number of her divisions over in Western Australia. And we did a big post on her actually on TBD, just explaining how despite being a first timer and these days it's, it's very rare to be honest, to win it right off the bat. It's usually a case of people keep coming back year after year after year. But if you do want to be a really good first timer, it really 
depends on what were you doing prior to the actual prep starting. And I know firsthand that after working two years with Chantel, she put in an enormous amount of work and effort in those two years prior to actually starting prep. So another big weekend. And then yesterday, Jack, we capped it all off with the very end of the ICN journey here in Australia. And we had the big nationals day. So I know that you were doing a whole bunch of recording once again for the BDU and all the people keeping them updated with the results. How was that? Yeah, that was good. I uh, got there, trained in the morning and then got there earlier in the day and managed to document pretty much the whole show, which was good. Mm-hmm. I think I missed a couple of bikini categories, but that was it. <laughs> bikini. That's all right. <laughs> we'll, we'll let that one miss. ICN Queensland probably covered it. <laughs> mm. But what did you think of the show? Because it was pretty unique in this sense, because when we competed last year in season A, nationals, they just crammed it all into one day. And it is, it's a big, big day. And they've got all the divisions going on that day. So not just the open divisions, but you know, the mamas and the novice and the rookies and everyone. This one was unique in the sense that they only did the open categories yesterday on Saturday, which was the 8th of October, 2022. They rewarded everyone with their pro cards and then they had the pro show at night. And then today it was somewhere off in the distance at the Sleeman Center while we record this, there's actually still the second half of the show going on. So they decided to split the divisions and now today they're doing the novices and the age categories, etc. But how did you find that sort of structure for the show? Yeah, I thought it was very good because like one, the pro, like let's be honest, the open lineups is... I guess could be deemed as the most important lineups mm. because that's where the pro cards are earned. That's when the national titles, you get it. Not that the other categories or divisions, I should say, aren't important, but um, it's kind of like like the open team at a club versus mm. the secondary teams. So I think giving them, they were able to give them a lot of time, which was nice. Mm. And they were really able to not rush the judging process. And although I think there's there's always going to be some some second opinions about judging on the day, which is only natural. Um, and we kind of talked about that with Jason on, on, on the podcast we had with him. But I think it, it wasn't rushed. The show didn't really run behind time by too much either. And the caliber of everything that I saw was, was very high. There were a lot of competitors and it was, yeah, great fun watching all the different categories. Yeah, it was certainly the best of the best in all of those open lineups. And sure, I understand that for some people who are like, oh, you know, like I really wanted to compete as well in at least one other division. I wanted to do novice again or something like that. In order to qualify for nationals, you need to do the state shows. So I would almost argue that, okay, well, you've probably had that opportunity to compete in your age category, in novice, in rookie, in whatever it may be, your height classes, etc. But when it comes to nationals, like if you know that you're a top caliber athlete and you want to stand up against the best and also you might want to be in the fight for your pro card you just have to bite that bullet and you just have to compete on the saturday everyone can compete on the sunday too if they want but especially for females like it gets pricey man you got to pay double for hair and makeup and tan two times in a row yeah i've seen a few people competing both days Mm. i think 
some people probably don't, some people just see it as another show. Like they don't necessarily consider the pro card aspect. They're not mm. at that stage in their journey. They just say, Hey, I get to compete in an open lineup on the Saturday and I get to compete a, a second time in my age class mm. or whatever on the Sunday. Yeah. I admire them because I'm not going to lie. I didn't even compete yesterday. I'm in the peak of my improvement season. I'm wrecked. Mm. <laughs> Imagine being a competitor competing two days back to back. Like it would be pretty exhausting. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. But Boy, it, it was a great day. And that's something I admired too. And that the judges didn't rush people. Like everyone got ample amounts of time on the stage. It's like they really, really cared about the decisions that they were making. And you go to shows and sometimes it is the case of like, come on, like that person's prepped for so many months. You know, they've been preparing for this. Why did you only do one round of quarter turns and then make the decision? And sometimes you could argue you made the wrong decision, but it was good. Like, obviously these people were up for pro cards. The judges wanted to make sure that they were making the right decision. So uh, gosh, I swear some of those divisions went for legit 15 minutes. <laughs> mm. Yeah. They were really milking it. Yeah, absolutely. But it goes to show like practice your posing, man, practice that endurance. Cause you do not know how long they're going to expect you to keep hitting your poses and keep up there smiling and really fighting for it. Cause if you still need to last for another four minutes, but your smile starts to fade, your energy starts to dip and it's that competitive, you might slip into second place. So mm. yeah, you, you have to have that sort of endurance and keep it on. But we had, yeah, a great team of girls uh, compete yesterday. So I had six of my girls. Um, we had Nikki and Cassandra both competing in figure. And then we had Mel, Veronica, and Ashley all doing sports model and fitness. And then Candace did bikini. And it was just a really, really great showing for everyone to just hold their own, see where they stand against the best of the best in the country. And just a really big congratulations to Nikki, who is an undefeated Miss Figure athlete in Australia this year and she took out her pro card she took out the Australian title against all the other overall winners and then she also won the pro show too which was just phenomenal and that's the best pro lineup for figure competitors that Australia's probably ever seen at least in a number of years like there was a high number of athletes. Like the number of women in the figure lineup actually far exceeded fitness. There was only two girls in the mm. fitness lineup, even exceeded sports model and probably gave bikini a run for its money. There were a lot of figure girls. So. I think there was only three in the bikini, the pro bikini. Man, so their figures where it's at, man. Uh, it's, it was amazing. And then a big congratulations too to Veronica, who similar to Nikki, she's actually an undefeated sports model here in also like the in Australia at least right now. And she took out her pro card, she won the Australian title, and then in her pro debut she got second place. So yeah, that was just absolutely epic. And then Cassandra as well, she was the national champion for Miss Classic Figure. So a big, big day for our team. And it was just so much fun, so celebratory, and just a great way to really cap off all the ICN shows for this season before we then move into the, the final hurdle of the comp season because we still have two IFBB shows left to go. We've got IFBB Queensland coming up next weekend and then the IFBB Nationals two weekends after that. And then also Nikki will be competing in figure in INBA the day after the IFBB national show. So, still three shows to go, but uh, yeah, we're not quite done yet, but yesterday was super fun. Mm, it was, yeah. I, 
uh, the last ICN Nationals we went to was when we competed, but the last ICN Nationals we went to that wasn't impacted by the the C word was back in 2019. So mm. I think this, from from what I saw, this rivaled that of a similar quality and similar sort of number of competitors as well. Mm. Um, and it was, especially since that was a one day show, I believe, or it might, it might've actually been two. I can't. It was two days. Two days. Yeah, yeah. But that was huge. I remember you and I flying down to Sydney with Alan and his teammates literally just to attend the show and support. Mm. That was really fun. But that was the year a lot of people would remember that in the bodybuilding lineup, you had the big names, right? You had Brandon Kempter, you had Damo up there, you had Alan up there, a number of other guys too. <laughs> mm. So, uh, yeah, that was that was the most that was the biggest bodybuilding lineup I've personally ever seen in Australia. And one day, hopefully, they uh, they replicate that, but just a little bit bigger. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So I guess what's next for us then? What's next for us? Well just going to keep ticking along with work essentially. And it just, everything that's happening right now in this season, in this year, it really just makes me reflect Jack on where TBD began all the way back in 2018, you know, and <laughs> it's literally been about four years since we started this. And at least speaking for myself at that time, I had prepped myself through one ICN bikini comp. You and I hadn't even finished our dietetic studies yet. We were still students and still had about seven months left to go. But it was December of 2018, and you and I were both like, we want to be bodybuilding dietitians. And <laughs> you said it exactly like that. <laughs> exactly like that, you know, straight to the mic, first episode. <laughs> Hi, guys, and welcome to the Bodybuilding Dietitian Podcast. <laughs> but look, lo and behold, four years later, we stuck to our guns and now it's 2022 and everything's really starting to come to light. You know, like I know at least for me, everything that I envisioned for where I wanted to be in my career, you know, really taking off and really just bringing that vision to life. And now this year in 2022, I've finally been able to demonstrate that, Hey, I can do this too. I can be a decent coach too. And Jack, I just truly believe that all of the work that we've put in for these past number of years and just holding true to ourselves and sticking to our guns and just day after day, week after week, just like really holding that vision very strong. Now, finally, in 2022, it's really starting to pay off with TBD and just having that somewhat resume of clients now for to say that, hey, we can get results too. And I just know that this past year in particular, like a number of these girls, they keep thanking me, but I just keep throwing it back at them. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> because ultimately clients know if they've got good aesthetics, like this is bodybuilding. Everyone checks themselves out. You can look in the mirror and you can be like, yeah, you know, I don't look half bad. <laughs> and if you want to pursue bodybuilding, generally what you do is, okay, well, I'm a pretty competitive person. I want to get results you usually go to a coach who has a given track record and that resume of clients getting results. And that's usually why coaches, they just build up all that momentum and then become a really, really popular coach and more clients keep coming to them. But I'm just throwing it back at my own girls and being like, 
Thank you for trusting me with your goals and trusting me to coach you and guide you through this and help you achieve all of these things. Because prior to 2022, I didn't have a track record (laughs) at all, but these girls, they still trusted me and they still decided to work with me. And I am just forever grateful for that. And I'm very, very fortunate to work with some very hardworking women who listen to me and ultimately do what I say. So yeah, but you know what, Jack, that is enough for show day recaps for this episode. I want to hear how have your past three weeks been on this journey to road to 2023, which we've actually been having a few discussions off mic about potentially changing the name of this podcast series. (laughs) Well, yeah, I think it's only fitting considering we are unlikely to be doing 2023. Mm-hmm. But also, we're not necessarily planning to bypass 2023. It would be pretty cool to take a time machine to, you know, the ever-so-anticipated 2024. Mm. Not me. I think you only live once, <laughs> as the saying goes. I believe it is acronymed YOLO. Mm. <laughs> but hey, there's also another saying in that... The process of becoming your future self is more exciting than being your future self. Is that Shakespeare? I don't know if that's Shakespeare, but it's someone quite wise who I did, you know, quote on an Instagram post once. Mm. (laughs) But either way, we're actually planning on changing the title of this podcast series. Well, why don't we have a, let's just give people a few days to listen to this and then let's put a poll on our Instagram because... Mm -hmm. We are too minded about this. I personally think that we should just go on and do like normal episodes for everything. Mm -hmm. So just continue with the standard episode number. I think we're up to like in the 160s now, aren't we? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 165 will be the next one. Mm. Yeah. So I guess the next episode would just continue on being 165, 166. Mm -hmm. There would be no longer be the series because I think what we should do is just combine every episode, just a little bit of an update with questions mm-hmm. kind of like what we do on bodybuilding down under yeah but in that case we would need some listener feedback to know okay hey do you guys like specifically listening to road to 2023 because it is just a lot more personal life stuff and i feel like we throw in a few golden nuggets here and there where we almost indirectly kind of answer listener questions and we talk about different topics but then the q a episodes which we usually list in terms of numbers those are the ones where it's basically just straight into the questions and it's a lot less personal stuff. Mm. Yeah. I mean, having done it both ways now on BDU versus this, mm-hmm. I personally prefer like a short little update at the beginning because things don't really change too much mm-hmm. and then followed by questions. Yeah. Like, So let us know, guys, would you rather us just answer questions and then drip feed a bit of personal stuff in there? And, you know, you just have to take a chance and be like, ooh, episode 200 of the bodybuilding dietitians. What am I going to (laughs) get? It's kind of like a mystery bag, a mystery Mm. podcast. But in terms of a title, if we were to keep what is now Road to 2023 and then the Q&A separate, I was personally thinking about calling this either Road to Stage or road to 2024, but maybe road to 2024 once we actually in, enter into 2024. Mm. Road to Mr. Olympia. <laughs> I don't know. I think that you would have to, um, you would definitely be having a journey there. <laughs> <laughs> the process of becoming your future self would definitely be very exciting once you then 
reach your future self. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, yeah, guys, would love some feedback on that. But Jack, I want to hear, how have your past three weeks been? Yeah, they've been good. I think very much dictated by the shows that have been happening. Sort of living in a pur- purgatory. I don't know if that's the right word, but it kind of feels like just been waiting for the shows to happen each weekend a very busy period for us and busy period with the business I know Tiara raised that uh, she's grateful for everyone that has been trusting her and although I haven't had as many clients on stage as Tiara yet I'm sure that my turn will come I have very much grateful to have been signing up with quite a few people which is always very nice from a business standpoint and I think, as you said, Tierra, just things are aligning um, because sometimes you put in a lot of work and it's not like in even last year we were doing unfavorably in terms of client numbers. I think we had a normal amount of client numbers, um, but I think our our client numbers now and and just attention that we're getting is more so indicative of the work that we have been putting in the past four years because we haven't really stopped. I think we went to Bali, we went somewhere else. <laughs> Did we? <laughs> no, I think, we just went to Bali. I think in prep, we went to Noosa, but mm. during that week, we were still doing all of our normal check-ins, and then we were also in prep as well. So, mm. hey, we did spend a week by the beach, so that was yeah. nice. We live at the beach. And yeah. now we live by the beach. How lovely. <laughs> but yeah, things have, haven't really changed too much with me. I'm in week three of my training block, so three weeks deep, about to enter my fourth week tomorrow. And everything's going according to plan, growing in the right areas, eating the right foods. <laughs> you, you've got a dietitian's eyes on you, making sure you're eating the right foods. <laughs> mm. Yeah, not that you really have too much influence on my diet. <laughs> I just, but I do have a nice nose. And <laughs> the other day, actually, no, what was it? Um, we, like, you were in between. I think we were a little bit late for your meal three. So you just decided to combine meal three and meal four. Mm. And on meal three, Jack usually puts barbecue sauce. And on meal four, it's usually a bunch of sweet chili sauce, full sugar. Would you think? It's actually 25% reduced sugar. Oh, okay. But it's not that AM one that's got all mm. the artificial sugars. They, I couldn't it. find a full sugar sweet chili sauce. Well, the, no, oh. the cheapest one, sorry, is by Woolworths, which is why I buy it. And mm. it's 25% reduced sugar. Mm-hmm. But that means you just get more sauce. So it's kind of like a win. But wait a second. If there's no 100% sugar one out there, what are they comparing that to? If they're saying 25% mm. less compared to what? They're like, you know, we could put more sugar in this if we wanted to. It could be extra, extra sweet, but we're just deciding not to. Mm. If anything, they're probably saving a cent or something on sugar. Yep. <laughs> You're probably paying the same money. But either way, Jack combined this so massive like two, meal. two bucks for like 600 mils of sweet chili mm. sauce. But if you want to smell something that smells really good, have Jack Radford Smith cook you this stir fry kangaroo vegetable rice concoction thing but then put barbecue sauce and sweet chili sauce and eggs and cheese and avocado on top and you will walk into a kitchen and you will be like what's cooking (laughs) good looking (laughs) anyway yes sorry (laughs) i i um kind of just went on a little bit of a ramble there yeah but you you're eating the right foods (laughs) i am i'm making sure to eat the right foods and yeah, I think, I think it's always a bit of an interesting experience when 
you go to a show and you see everyone competing and um, you can see yourself up there, but we are like, it's still the plan to delay until 2024, which I think is the right call, especially for classic. I think I could quite easily step up there with my current level of muscularity and, and be very competitive. Like I was competitive last time and I've grown a lot since last time. So uh, I think it's more so bodybuilding that in 2024, that's, I want to be, I guess, pro card worthy for both. Mm -hmm and just kind of see where the competition takes me and, and who else competes in 24. Mm -hmm. And I think aiming for 2024 and really just adding on that little bit of delayed gratification and just, you know, really just honing in on the patience within this sport, that's really going to help solidify it for us to just be able to enter into that prep in itself and be like, as long as I tick every single box, I know that I've, I've done what it takes to once it comes show day, ultimately be undeniable that is the ultimate goal mm. yeah so to just kind of be the threat from the get-go and we both know if we competed next year we'd still be very very good but it's the case of like you almost you want to guarantee it almost and by that time it would have been three and a half years since we'd competed prior and we're both going to be oh gosh but we're still be mid-20s <laughs> almost nearing on 30 kind of in between right uh but i was thinking about this too and i'm like I love competing so much, but this is probably the longest improvement season I'm ever going to take for myself. Like three. Other than your first one. Other than first my first. Two, 20. <laughs> yes, that's correct. So that was a mighty interesting. Growth season. <laughs> yeah, that was a mighty growth phase. Yeah, up to 20 years old. But for this next one, like this or this one that we're currently in, three and a half years between showings. I'm not really envisioning myself doing that again in future, unless something changes with life, you know, maybe one day I decide to become a mother or something like that. But between now and then, I, I plan on competing more frequently, not every three and a half years, because I love competing way too much to keep taking those long improvement seasons. Would you, would you think the same? Or are you thinking about continuing to take three and a half years off every time? I was thinking five, maybe. Five? What so the flips? So compete at 35, 30, <laughs> 35, 40. No. <laughs> no, I'm joking. It really just depends how I feel about the next prep. Like mm. that's really going to dictate. Because if, if I could compete more regularly, like I, it's not even about the level of progression that I make after this next time, I think. It's more so just the toll it takes on me mentally and physically. Because I think, yeah, last prep was it did take more of a toll for some reason than the the first ever prep that I did, even though I got to a similar level of conditioning. And I think that might've been because we can look back on that now with the bird's eye view and be like, Hey, we probably allowed ourselves because we weren't as busy with clients and it was around COVID. So like we were very isolated as well, like literally and met metaphorically. And we had each other. We had the dogs. Yeah, but sometimes that's not always the best scenario. <laughs> the three of us aren't enough for you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I know. We're literally in isolation. Mm. Yeah, and I think that we, we allowed ourselves to get into fairly uh, mentally and physical unproductive mm. routines, mm. which wasn't really good for our mental health, I think. We felt fine during the prep. We thought we were doing the right thing, but mm. externally it probably wasn't 
mm. that that good for us. Um, and compared to the very first prep that you ever do, this is something I almost miss. And it's something that I can observe with my first timer clients too. It's that you're just naive. You don't know what to expect. Like mm. you're, you, you're experiencing that. Wow. Like this is pretty tough. Like this kind of sucks, but you push through anyway, because if your coach tells you that, Hey, if you really want to hold your own up on that stage, I highly recommend that you do what I say and you do this or you eat a little bit less, or you expend a little bit more, whatever it may be, you'll do that. But then when you do become more experienced, there's pros and cons, but because you aren't quite as naive and you're like, oh crap, like this next macro cut, this is gonna hurt, you know, or whatever it may be, you know that you're going to expect the suck. And it's mm. almost like you then, because you're anticipating it, you build it up to be even worse than it actually is. Yeah, and I think we've we've also got quite a big team already on the cards for 24 and that's mm. what's making I think I'll enjoy the process a lot more competing along so alongside that other that the, the crew, the mm. team TBD because yeah, we, what we've got probably like five or six people already. They're all going to be very competitive and being part of more of a community rather than literally just me and you mm-hmm. um and the dogs <laughs> <laughs> you but, can't forget them <laughs> yeah so that's that's why i think um yeah next next time and that's partially why i'm holding out till 24 too is now that i know we're going to have a really great community in in 24 plus like we've still got two years like there's still going to be a lot of, probably even more people who come on board wanting to do 24 between now and and then yeah absolutely it's gonna be amazing and our goals for that season are to obviously pursue the shows here in australia but then fly over to the u.s and pursue some shows over there so hopefully wnbf and the inba wnbf this past week how exciting that they are now branching into australia well and truly they used to have a wnbs which was just the female version of wnbf but now they've announced that come 2023 they will be really starting to have WNBF for males and females here in Australia. And that'll be so cool to then compete in 2024 because they would have already had like a few shows and trial runs under their belt. And then hopefully that federation, like it's gathering even more competitors in the second year, which is why well, that's all I can predict. Mm. Yeah, let's hope so. Mm-hmm. We did. Uh, we might have discussed that on BDU. Oh, okay. So, well, hey, that podcast isn't actually released yet. So no, it releases <laughs> on Wednesday. All right, looking forward to it, literally. <laughs> <laughs> but Jack, I, my question was to you: was that like, are how many years do you really envision yourself taking between seasons, or is it just going to depend how you place in twenty twenty four? Yeah, it'll just depend on how I feel about the experience and partially how I place as well. Not, It's not really about how I place, to be honest, although, of course, I would love to turn pro that season. More so, like, did I did I make the improvements I wanted to make? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, which uh, we'll find out. I um, Yeah, it might be another three-year off-season. It might be competing every year and a half. I think competing every year is probably a little bit too rapid. For me personally, yeah, given the toll that it takes on uh, on on natural bodybuilders, mm-hmm. absolutely, yeah. I think at least having one year of improvements and then going back into a six month prep, I think that's that's decent. Mm. So maybe swapping between season A and season B. Maybe Australia will grow so large with bodybuilding one day where it's kind of like the U.S. It's just what what's season A and season B? 
There's a show in December, in January, in February. There's shows in July and August. There's shows every month. Just pick a show. So that's ultimately the goal one day. It would be very cool to have bodybuilding on that level. Almost like the level of park runs, but mm. more competitive than park runs. I think I prefer season A and season B. You wouldn't want like a mid-year? No, because season A does go until June. <laughs> yeah, but then there's like that gap in between or obviously, well, what about like in the very middle of the summer? Here, I guess here in Australia, depending on where you are, literally your tan will like just sweat off. Maybe that's why they do it. Because like usually it's, it's usually in those kind of cooler months at least. We're never like prepping. You're only, you're prepping through the depths of the summer, but you're never actually on stage in the depths of the summer here. Yes. <laughs> yes. But did you actually update like where, where's your body weight sitting at right now? Where's your nutrition sitting at? Uh, I didn't specifically. So my body weight is about 90, 90 and a half at the moment. So I'm creeping towards still a fair way off my heaviest body weight ever, which was into the 94s. But the, before my mini cut in June, I reached about 91 kilos consistently. So um, not far off that and will certainly be hitting that. And probably I can see myself getting up to maybe 95 kilos in this push-up. Have you and AJ made some photo comparisons yet? Because, because you're nearing on that 91, it's always cool to compare mm. at the same weight, different time period. Have you done that yet? No, because I like realistically, how much muscle have I gained in that time? Like, I think I'll be, very, <laughs> I'll be very happy with like a kilo of muscle. And I don't think a kilo of muscle would be very distinguishable um, considering like my body fat's in a not super high, but it's in a moderate position. Mm. Well, Plus different the, lighting as well. Make the comparisons. I'd love to see them side by side. I'm sure so would everyone else over on the gram. Because uh, I'm, I'm sure with our eyes, we probably could. Like, that's the whole goal. Like, yeah. we should be able to notice some tangible differences. Mm, you'd hope so. Yes. I'm, I know so, man. You've been putting in the work. And your weight, are you stronger now compared to when you were last 91? Across, like, majority of movements? Yeah, quite a few new movement selections, but for the most, for, for certain exercises, I am stronger. Mm -hmm. yeah. Your dumbbell shoulder press, we were talking about that the other day, like how much your dumbbells have actually increased since prep. Mm. Yeah, they have. Uh, so I've probably went like post prep, I was doing 25 each hand, which wasn't in, like a deflated amount because I was just so done mm. physically. Um, but now I'm doing the 45s each hand so that is nuts 20 extra kilos per hand what the flip well what were you doing at the beginning of prep i was probably like the the most i'd ever gotten in the off season before was i think probably like 37.5 for six to eight reps that's huge that's huge so then now even pushing like an extra 7.5 kilos that's massive for shoulder press. Like for me over the past few years, my shoulder press is legit only increased from 17.5 to 20 kilograms. Mm. And like that 2.5 kilograms, like that's heavy for me on my, on my delts. Yeah. Is that a sign that I'm not progressing my OHP <laughs> enough? But I personally, at least that's what I observe with other women. Like you just, mm. you reach a, a point with your dumbbell shoulder press where it's like, yeah, I'm basically just going to be lifting this weight probably and progressing with this for the next six to 12 mm. months. Yeah, to lift that's very much, for me at least, quite 
dictated by how much you weigh. Mm. So I'm confident that I will get to the 50 kilo dumbbells and maybe even above uh, because I've still got about like five kilos to gain. So that is amazing. How are you? And you're heaving them up by yourself. Yep. What the flips? Cause I'm already yelling the fifties right now. And mm. like, you know, I have to tell myself like, let's go. Like, you know, like I'm like, these are just lightweight baby, but I can't even freaking imagine heaving those fifties, like knocking them up off my thighs, pushing them over my head. That's nuts. Mm. Thank you. Wow. I don't quite have your enthusiasm for it. <laughs> You're just there shoulder press. This is nuts, man. <laughs> well, I need to come observe that at the gym because that is actually very impressive when I think about it now. Well, I think it's it's also just in correlation to... It's not like I'm just doing shoulder press with the 45s and I'm not touching anything else that's heavy. Mm. Like I'm, I'm rowing like over 60 kilos each mm. hand. So like I'm throwing around loads that... Uh, very much on a similar level with that which is why mm. I think I'm able to put the dumbbells above my head absolutely yeah, yeah. it's very very strong thank you <laughs> and yeah nutrition has been very consistent for a long time I've been on like 650 carb 70 fats and 275 protein for a while I, I probably won't change that much moving forward mm-hmm. maybe make, maybe like one or two adjustments I think We'll find out. Maybe I'll hit a bit of a roadblock at like 93 kilos, but that'll be interesting to see. Given that your carbs are 650, 70 fat, the next time you bump up calories, are, are you going to go up closer to one gram per kilo body weight for fat? Like push it up closer to 80 or even 90 grams? I would like to, yeah. Mm. But I'm being a good good client and just doing what my coach says. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, it's, it's this, that trade-off. Because like, either it's either going to be 90 grams of fat or soon you'll probably be close to 700 carb. Mm. Yeah, I've never really done 700 carb that consistently. So, mm. Well, more, more 25% reduced sweet chili. Mm. <laughs> Literally, that stir fry is just going to be drowned in the stuff. Yeah, or more white rice, well, I think I- is more realistic i used to work in a thai restaurant and we would literally get the gallon jugs of sweet chili so maybe you and i just need to take a trip to costco and just go to their condiment aisle and just bulk up with just you know big gallons bulk up further yes <laughs> bulk up to bulk up <laughs> cool well um i think that's everything on on my agenda that i wanted to discuss mm-hmm. what about you Ooh, well, these past three weeks, I'm like basically just doing the do with work. Like I think that's really been the big highlight of life. But ultimately, training's just still going really well. Just we're deep in our improvement season right now. Still feeling very energetic, very strong. Food focus and hunger is just at like it's it's not at it's never at an all time low. I've always had an appetite my whole life, and I can eat. But it's just not on my mind. You know, it's more of a scheduling thing. It's like, okay, cool. It's this time of the day. That's when I eat my food, Uh, which is just a very pleasant place in life to be right now because I can redirect all the rest of my focus toward other aspects of life. But in terms of body composition, so last time we spoke, Jack, just coming off the back end of Tropics, I think I spoke about how my body weight, it had kind of just been maintaining around that high 67 kilogram mark. And it was about like four weeks or so where my body weight was just really holding there around like 67.8, 67.9. And I was just like, okay, cool. It's just time to do another small little push up. All I did was just 
increase by a hundred calories, just a little bit of protein, a little bit of carbs, a little bit of dietary fat. Literally we're talking about in the realm of like five to 10 grams of each. And my body weight, it just, it does these big jumps and then it holds big jumps. And then it holds. It's never like, okay, cool. You added in a hundred calories per day. I'm just going to slowly, slowly creep up. So within one week, my body weight shot up by kilo but now it's just holding there. So right now I'm just sitting in the high 68s, sometimes very, very low 69s. Depends on whether or not I've trained legs the day prior or not. And my my legs are just a bit swollen because goal achieved, I got the pump. But I got to speak to Joey yesterday at the show briefly, and I'd really just like to book in a consultation with him early November before he goes over to India and the US for the WNBF show. Because last time we spoke near the middle of the year, we spoke about how one at that time I was going to be competing in 2023 and we're going to cap my body weight at 68 kilograms before then doing another cut. But now I'm sitting in like the high 68s. So I'm like, oh, okay. Well, even though the timeline's changed, I probably want to look at entering into a dieting phase quite soon. And I'm pretty ready for that. And I'm kind of looking forward to doing that and just having a slightly different experience this time too, similar to your last mini cut. Maybe not quite as aggressive as as what you did. Yeah, I think you slashed 2,000 calories or something. Um, Similar to that. Not quite that much. <laughs> that would bring you down to what? 500, less than 500 calories. Yeah, that would have me at about five. I mean, about two and a half thousand right now. So that would literally have me, that would have me on a very low energy diet. <laughs> mm. 500 cal per day, basically just a protein fast. Uh, but not quite that gnarly. But I would like to, I'm, I want to hold my body weight now until November. It's about another three weeks at this 69 to just solidify it and then cut down to 65. So four kilos, I reckon I should be able to get that done in about a month or just over a month and just be aggressive from the get-go. So if my carbs are sitting around 350 right now, just push right back down to maybe like 175 per day and just try to get the job done very efficiently. Because 175. 175 carb per day. No, that won't be enough. You don't think so? No, I think you'll have to go 100 carb a day. For to lose four kilos in like five weeks. Yeah, that's quite a lot for you. Like, mm, I don't know because I know right now, like, it's my weight's a little bit inflated artificially. Mm. And I know this because yesterday I was. That wouldn't, how many calories would that? That would be like 600 calories or 700. It would be calories. about close to 1,500 calories. I'd cut my protein down to 140, fats about 35. Oh, right. You only mentioned carbs. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, fats are at 100, proteins at 200. <laughs> I'm kidding. I can't do that math in my head. Um, but I, 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 175 carb would be a decent drop for me, I believe. That's um, almost as many carb as I was on. I was on 250 carb. Yeah, but you were like gnarly as hell. Your, your mini cut was like, what, two and a half weeks? I think you lost five kilos. No, yeah, it was three weeks. Okay, but sorry. I, a few I extra days kilos. and he still lost five kilos. <laughs> Either way, uh, I would just like to lose about four kilos and get down to about 65 before pushing back up again. But one kilo will be gone like that because I, again, I have proof of that from yesterday. I actually wasn't a dietitian yesterday and I didn't eat my vegetables because it was a big show and we got home about 9 p.m. And I'm like, I'm not making my kangaroo stir fry tonight. So 
And each night I have about 800 grams worth of vegetables in. You had Ben and Jerry's instead. <laughs> no, I just had a can of tuna. Um, but I each night I usually have about 800 grams worth of vegetables there. So, hey, you know, the Australian Guide to Healthy Eating, the vegetables and fruit requirements, they're actually based on weekly averages. And if a female needs about 400 grams of veg per day, I eat 800 grams a day. Basically, the day prior covered my bases, right? Yeah, but you don't want to be at a minimum. Yeah, you're right. You don't want zero zero veg. But what I'm trying to get at is yesterday. No, what I meant is that like you don't want to be skirting the the threshold, which is no. not what you're doing. That's anyway. why I double it every day. I mm-hmm. usually eat 800 grams, 99 percent of the time. But yesterday I didn't eat veg. And that's not even <laughs> including what fruit. That's just veg. That's just veg. Fruit. I eat close to a kilo and a half of fruit a day. Yeah, come at me. <laughs> Love that fructose. But what I'm trying to get at is because I didn't have my stir fry last night, my weight dropped by a kilo this morning. I was 68 kilos this morning. And the mm. day before I was 69. So yeah, there That's you go. A lot of fat loss. <laughs> but that just goes to show like artificially is my weight just higher or artificially like that goes to show how much you can manipulate weight if you are eating a decent amount of food volume on a day-to-day basis. Mm. Yeah. So there you go. One kilo gone. I'll do that. And then I've just got three kilos to lose. Yep. I can do that 175 carb in five weeks. Watch me. Why not just go to 100 carb? It's <laughs> around a number. Just slash them because I know that I will, like, the first few days, like, after I start to get depleted, my training performance will just take a hit. Mm. I think I could handle it hunger wise, but the main thing is just maintaining my performance. And is that, would that really be necessary? No, I'm just joking, but yeah. like, it, yeah, we'll find out when, once we see your rate of loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I got to do 100 carb, then, you know, I will report back. <laughs> I've seen it done before, so I've, I know some meal plans that can hit 100 carb. Let's, uh, we'll end this episode on something we learned this week. Okay. Because we haven't done that for a while. Ooh, okay. And I learned something recently. I want to know, what did you learn? I learned, well, you learned it too, you just don't remember that. <laughs> Dogs actually have belly buttons. Hey, that's what I would have said. Okay, but yes, we did learn. And if you think about that for a second, guys. If you're, did you know that dogs had belly buttons? Surely not. Yeah. I mean, it. it well, yeah, it makes sense, of course, that they do. So they get, get nutrients while they're mm. in the womb. But look at your dog's, what, belly, I guess. It's like a very kind of transu- translucent little... <laughs> what the scar in there <laughs> just look for the button on your dog's belly mm. but yeah i guess i never thought about that because puppies and things like that like i thought i always thought that they were just popped out i never really thought about the umbilical cord but they're like let's say a mother has a litter of like eight puppies is that eight umbilical cords i'm not a veterinarian it's outside of my scope to really comment on that mm. did you learn anything though this week Yes, actually, I did. So I was listening to the Revive Stronger podcast, and he's recently interviewed Dr. Eric Helms, and they were talking about training muscles at different lengths and how this results in varying levels of hypertrophy. And in the past, there was a study done comparing seated leg curls versus lying leg curls and which one led to greater hamstring hypertrophy. And they showed in that study that seated leg curls compared to lying leg curls do result in significantly more hamstring growth. And I think a lot of people just took that study for what it was and they're like, well, if I'm going to do leg curls, then I'm only gonna do seated leg curls. But 
Eric made the really good point in that, okay, sure, you might get a little bit more hamstring growth from a seated leg curl, but one exercise variation is crucially important, especially if you're a bodybuilder, but also in a lying leg curl, that stretches the sartorius, which is the longest muscle in your body. So when you get very, very lean, maybe go over to Nikki Simpson's figure page and check out her quads. And she's got this really long muscle that looks like a strap, basically running from what looks like her knee all the way up to her hip. So it's the sartorius, it's the longest muscle in the body. And he made the point that in a lying leg curl, that muscle is actually in the greatest stretch position. And even though you are training your hamstrings in a lying leg curl, because you're stretching your sartorius, that can also lead to sartorius growth, which I just thought, I was like, I never thought about my quads when I was training hamstrings. Like, I just thought that was really, really interesting. So that's what I learned this week. And even more reason, if you're doing leg curls two or three times per week, Maybe do two on the seated machine and one on the lying leg curl machine, or maybe just do half and half. Like either way, they're both going to result in some hamstring growth. For sure. Yeah. I've always incorporated both. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or actually go check out Jack Bradford Smith's page. He's got some pretty nice quads too. And uh, when he's lean enough, you can... you can see that Satorius. Yeah. I've never really, no, I don't. Anyway, thank you. I'll, I'll take the compliment, but <laughs> I haven't really, don't think I have an overly distinguishable Sartorius. Mm, we'll go back. I, I remember you posting this video from the ICN Sunshine Coast show where you, you shook your legs and then turned them on, all the quads. Mm. Pretty sure you can see your Sartorius in there. If not, we need to hop, get you on that lying leg curl machine. <laughs> well, I'm already stacking it though. Oh, okay. Well then, uh, I don't know. I'll, so I'll hold down your feet and you've got to push against my resistance as well. You can... It is my birthday soon. You can buy me a gym pin if you want. Okay. I thought you were going to say a really, really heavy lying leg curl machine. <laughs> I was like, slow down. <laughs> uh, cool. All right. Well, guys, that's the end of this podcast. Bit a little bit of everything, but hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening. If you did, please remember to take a screenshot, post it to your Instagram stories, tag Jack, tag myself, tag TBD, and we will catch you next week.